Welcome aboard the Fourth Watch, which is a series of podcasts sponsored by the good people at Fair Mormon, of which I, your host, Ned Skarsbrick, am a volunteer. And as always, my views and opinions are my own and may not reflect those of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that of Fair Mormon. However, they have been proven to be correct on occasion. So with that said, let's uh, move on to today's topic. Well, I've been missing from these podcasts for a while. Mm, thanks for the breather. We can only take so much. Yeah, well, I'm back and with what I think is going to be an important series of episodes. The reason I've been absent is because of health issues. I had minor heart surgery. I didn't know there was anything that was called minor heart surgery. Well, I didn't either until uh, I had this procedure. I think the prevailing terminology is that if they don't cut you open, it's called a procedure instead of surgery. They did what is called a catheter ablation. Fancy name for sticking a bunch of tubes inside your body the size of a pencil and several feet long poking around inside your body to find out what's going on and what they can do about it. And all of this was done under what they call conscious sedation, which means you know what's going on, but you can't do anything about it. Well, the procedure worked. My heart no longer fires off signals like an Oldsmobile with two missing cylinders. I'm, fire I'm firing on all cylinders now, which means uh, I'm, getting up to, I'm getting up to speed again so I can travel down I-15 at warp 9 with the rest of the rush hour traffic. Have you ever driven in the Salt Lake Corridor? If not, you're missing a truly interesting NASCAR event. Lucky for me, I don't live in Salt Lake or any of the surrounding territory. Some time ago, I was visiting a few of my kids who do live in this metropolis and was alarmed by the traffic conditions. Cars were zipping by me and I was going the speed limit, plus a few MPHs above the speed limit. I decided to see how fast the traffic flow really was moving, so I increased my speed to match these uh, zealous drivers. Speed limit 70. Actual speed of cars, cars with boats, motorcycles, and other assorted moving vehicles. 84 miles per hour. Distance between said vehicles, less than two car lengths. I packed off and got in the slow lane. How did I get off on this uh, sidetrack? Uh, oh, oh, yes, getting up to speed. Now that I'm getting better here, here's what's up. This short series is about health, health in general, and how it can affect our understanding of the gospel. In particular, I'm going to be talking about depression in this podcast. Why? Because this is one area of life that I'm very familiar with, and as being a great actor and comedian, Robin Williams has just passed away from taking his own life. I think the timing is just right. A lot of the information I will be using in this episode is taken from a talk given by Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in the October 2013 General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints called Like a Broken Vessel. People with this level of depression, or as Elder Holland calls it, major depressive disorder, or more commonly simply depression, 
When I speak of this, I'm not speaking of bad hair days or tax deadlines or other discouraging moments we all have. Everyone is going to be anxious or downhearted on occasion. The Book of Mormon says Ammon and his brethren were depressed at a very difficult time, and so can the rest of us be. But today I'm speaking of something more serious, of an affliction so severe that it significantly restricts a person's ability to function fully, a crater in the mind so deep that no one can responsibly suggest that it would surely go away if those victims would just square their shoulders and think more positively, though I am a vigorous advocate of square shoulders and positive thinking. No, this dark night of the mind and spirit is more than mere discouragement. This dark crater of the mind just doesn't go away with positive thinking. You literally can't pull yourself up and get going. Common medications that are used for this condition are drugs and alcohol. Now, we're talking about self-medication here, of course. Why do they use it? Because it works. For a while... The side effects of this treatment regimen are well known, though. Professional treatment and medications work considerably better with far fewer side effects. We don't know what professional help Robin Williams received, but we do know that he had a problem with drugs and alcohol, and he had the beginning signs of Parkinson's disease. Depression. If you already suffer from depression and Parkinson's starts to set in, your depression just gets worse. A deadly combination in Mr. Williams' case. So what should we do if we see these conditions in ourselves or that of our loved ones? If you had appendicitis, God would expect you to seek a priesthood blessing and get the best medical care available. So too with emotional disorders. Our Father in Heaven expects us to use all the marvelous gifts he has provided in this glorious dispensation. Do you think you can pray away tooth decay? If praying and blessings worked in all conditions, we wouldn't need doctors. But like Elder Holland said, we need both. The Lord expects us to use both avenues in dealing with health issues. What does this have to do with defending the gospel? Good question. When you read the words in the scriptures, men are that they might have joy. You don't believe it because of the deep hole you're in. In this dark crater of depression, the message of hope through the gospel of Jesus Christ no longer makes sense, and some even go as far to take their own life. You can get so down that you feel as if you're being tortured. And the only way to end the pain is to die. Whether real or imagined, their pain is real to them. Ever watch a scary movie and been frightened? I mean really frightened. How dumb is that? In your mind, you know it's not real. It's just a movie. But if we get enough sensory input, our brains give you the sensation of real fear. It's one of the ways our mind works to protect us. Whether real or imagined, we can have the same reaction. The same is true of depression. 
chemicals in our brains called neurotransmitters, which include uh, dopamine, epinephrine, uh, what us regular folks call adrenaline, norepinephrine, and serotonin, at some level control our feelings. When we get scared, one of the things your brain does right away is increase the level of adrenaline in our systems. This neurotransmitter makes our body ready for the fight or flight response. Heart rate increases. Our muscles become stronger. Don't have to think about it. Our bodies just start producing more of this chemical. Now, after the stress is gone, that produced the alarm, our bodies slowly decrease the adrenaline as our brains interpret the danger to be gone. For most of us, it takes about 15 to 20 minutes for our bodies to return to normal. When it comes to depression, here's the deal. There are many researchers who believe that an imbalance in serotonin levels may influence mood in a way that can lead to depression, as well as obsessive-compulsive disorder, anxiety, panic, and even excess anger. According to Princeton neuroscientist Barry Jacobs, Ph.D., Depression may occur when there is a suppression of new brain cells, and that stress is the most important precipitator of depression. He believes that common antidepressant medications as SSRIs, which mean selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which is a fancy name for this serotonin stuff, such as Celexa, Lexapro, Prozac, Paxil and Zoloft, which are designed to boost serotonin levels, help kick off the production of new brain cells, which in turn allows the depression to lift. Better Living Through Chemistry, brought to you by DuPont. Well, sort of. We really don't know how these medications work. It's still a work in progress. But for a vast majority of people, a combination of therapy along with medication, is extremely effective. One of the big problems with depression is getting people to admit they have an issue. Now, I want you to know that me, Brother Ned the Illustrious, or the Annoying, as you see fit, is not a professional in medicine. I have zero degrees in accreditation. I have no license from any country or state jurisdiction in medicine, psychology, social work, or other professional arenas that deal with mental illness. So what gives me the right to talk about this affliction? I suffer from this ailment. Has it affected my understanding of the gospel and the blessings it promises to the faithful? Yes, it has. And it will for the rest of my mortal life unless the Lord sees fit for me to be healed of this thorn in my side. As Elder Holland has said, Patiently enduring some things is part of our mortal education. Can the Lord make the blind see or open the ears of the deaf? Sure he can. And one day, perhaps, in the next life, all these things will be healed permanently. So for now, I continue to take my meds and use the skills I have learned in therapy. One of the best series of classes to deal with depression is called Cognitive 
behavioral therapy. In the show notes of this podcast, I have provided a link that explains this treatment system. This is not some wacko way of getting you to buy something. It's a legitimate therapy with a great track record. Please just take a look at it if you feel this applies to your situation or a family member or a friend. This is a real illness, my brothers and sisters. The Apostle Peter wrote that disciples of Jesus Christ are to have compassion one of another. In that spirit, I wish to speak to those who suffer from some form of mental illness or emotional disorder. Whether those afflictions be slight or severe, of brief duration or persistent over a lifetime. We sense the complexity of such matters when we hear professionals speak of neuroses and psychoses, of genetic predispositions and chromosome defects, of bipolarity and paranoia and schizophrenia. However bewildering this all may be, these afflictions are some of the realities of mortal life, and there should be no more shame in acknowledging them than acknowledging a battle with high blood pressure or the sudden appearance of a malignant tumor. We wouldn't think of avoiding a malignant tumor, would we? Of course not. So if you are suffering with depression, please seek professional help. Your family doctor or the clinic around the corner can guide you through the process of receiving the help that is right for you. Just like some malignant tumors require different treatments, your particular condition may require a specific regimen tailored just for you. As I said before, the first step is to admit you have something. Go to the doctor and get a proper diagnosis. If it's just the blues, it'll go away in a few weeks. If it goes on for months, you have more than the blues. Another issue that some have with taking medications is the time frame of effectiveness. Take a couple of aspirin and your headache will start to disappear in about 20 minutes. Depression medication can take up to six weeks to be totally effective. Six weeks? From the time I started meds, it took me over a year to get on the right medications and the proper dosage. Don't want to wait that long? What else are you going to do? The suffering will not go away because you are impatient. It's just part of the process. Don't like cancer? Don't want to go through the chemo, radiation, or other procedures? The illness doesn't care about your lack of patience. I found that over the years, there is no magic bullet for most things in life. In the words of Elder Holland, Trust in God. Hold on in His love. Know that one day the dawn will break brightly and all shadows of mortality will flee. Though we may feel we are like a broken vessel, as the psalmist says, we must remember that vessel is in the hands of the divine potter. Broken minds can be healed just the way broken bones and broken hearts are healed. While God is at work making those repairs, the rest of us can help by being merciful 
non-judgmental, and kind. Whether we are the ones who suffer or are caregivers to those suffering, the Lord is ever mindful of us all. In the next podcast, I will deal with anxiety and PTSD from the perspective of those who suffer with these afflictions. In the third and final podcast of this series, I will deal with obsessive-compulsive influences and addiction and recovery. Thanks for listening. Sounds like the waves of life are calling us to go forth with a steadfast focus on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to carry out His will. Officer of the Watch, post the Navy hymn, sung by Sandra Schmidt, Bonnie Skarsbrick, Steve Hatch, and David Reese. Eternal Father, strong to save.